0: Welcome back to the All Hallows School podcast, the place where we talk to staff, to parents and to pupils to find out more about life at the school. Now, in this episode, we're talking to a parent of a pupil in year two, exploring the joining and decision-making process as we speak to Stephanie Fullerton. So that means we'll discover exactly what it's like to step into the school for the first time, how impressions of the school can change as you go through the process and what it's like joining the parent community at All Hallows. That's all coming up in this episode, so join me now as we discuss the joining and decision-making process with Stephanie Fullerton. Stephanie, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today?
1: I'm very well, thank you, Simon. How are you?
0: I'm, I'm very good indeed. I'm very good. So I'm recording this from our studio. You're at home at the moment. Tell us a little bit about what home looks like for you.
1: Yeah, I'm at home in Boltonsboro in my work office. Unfortunately, I've been pretty unwell with Covid, so not working today. So I've got plenty of time to talk to you. But the weather is chilly. Looking out onto Glastonbury Tor, which is nice. So, yeah.
0: Now, for someone that's got Covid, you actually sound really quite perky. Tell us a little bit more about how that is. Is that just something you're putting on for this podcast? Or actually, is that just how you're feeling nonstop?
1: no to be honest I am well over the worst of it it's been a week of feeling really groggy the tiredness was probably the main thing and now the only lasting effect is this taste and smell which is really peculiar because yeah I just don't have any sense of taste or smell so yeah just hoping that that comes back because it's the weirdest of feelings yeah but in terms of sort of where I'm at where I'm at my head's at I feel absolutely fine now so thank goodness that's over
0: Well, hopefully it won't be too long before it's all gone. But I really do appreciate you being here in in the middle of COVID. That's that's very good of you to give up your time in, in the middle of all of that. Tell us what your family actually looks like.
1: Well, there's my husband, Richard. He also works from home, so he, he's, he's in the garage. And then, of course, there's Freddie, so my six-year-old, who started at All Hallows yeah, last term in, in September. So, yeah, we've lived in Boltonspur for about four years now, so about half an hour away from school. And that's us. We've got a cat and a dog. Um, yeah, just a very small little family in boltonsborough really.
0: Excellent. No, I love it. So husband, Freddie in year two, cat and a dog, half an hour from school. I think we've all got that picture now in our head. That's perfect. Thank you for that. But tell me a little bit then about what the process was that you went through when you were looking for a prep school for Freddie.
1: Yeah, sure. Fortunately for me I grew up in Somerset in the local area so being in school in Wells so I had a bit of a, an understanding of the various schools albeit that 20 years out of date but I I was sort of familiar with a number of schools in the area so the most important thing for me was to get my husband comfortable with our choices and to make sure that he felt that he'd gone through quite an objective fact-finding process to, to make the right decision when it came to School for Freddie. So what we did, I think probably the most natural thing during Covid was to look on the websites. We picked a number of schools that I was familiar with and just started from scratch, really, trying to think about any sort of preconceived ideas or understandings and just seeing what the school was all about now. So Looking at the websites, I reached out to a number of schools for prospectuses that got sent through. And I think probably one of the most valuable things was talking to friends and connections in the area as well. So people that actually knew Freddie and what sort of child he was, you know, what his likes were, just to get some independent advice to see what schools they think would be a good match. And again, Mm. obviously, with the information we were gathering in their views, it was starting to paint a bit of a picture But then when the COVID restrictions lightened up somewhat, the most important thing was the visits. And we actually only went to see two schools Mm. as a result of that sort of initial sifting process and fact find. And I think it was the schools and the visits that was the most invaluable part. Meeting the various teachers, Mm. the head teacher. Well, we met Dr Richards first. That was the most invaluable experience because you're seeing firsthand, you're you're listening to people asking the questions face to face and really getting that sense and feel for what the school was all about. So that was really Mm. the process we followed, nothing more scientific from that, just trusted friends and family and then trying to paint the picture for ourselves. Ultimately, when it came down to a decision making, I'm very sort of instinctive and Go with my 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 gut gut feelings, whereas Richard likes to be a lot more sort of objective and rational with his thought process. I knew in my heart that the All Hallows experience was what I was looking for for Freddie, and I just needed to sort of make sure that Richard com- could come through that with me to make the same decision for himself. Mm. So. Yeah, unfortunately, he did. He, he obviously came to all the meetings with, with Dr. Richards and the team, and yeah, we've made the decision through that process, really.
0: That's really good to hear, and thank you for sharing that. Because quite often, when you hear the, the route that parents go through when they're choosing a school, they, they often find that once they're inside the school, they can tell pretty quickly whether or not the feel is right. It's a bit like buying a new home, isn't it? Whether the feel is right in that school or whether the feel's not right in that school. But I'd love to explore the stage before that. You mentioned that one of the first things you did was to look on different schools' websites. But of course, I guess when you're looking at a website, how do you try to gain an understanding as to what the school is like when ultimately I imagine that most school websites that you look at will have photographs and video footage of, you know, happy children in a, you know, in a wonderful educational nurturing environment? How do you sort of differentiate and how do you choose which school you're going to go and visit?
1: Oh my goodness it is so hard because you're absolutely right to to set them apart is really hard when just looking at a website and I don't think you can quite honestly I think it's just a sort of a window in and quite often that window has the same curtains as everybody else so it's it is incredibly difficult and I don't think I would have been able to make the decision on that alone I think it was really my contacts in the local area and parents that made it a lot easier for me that said I'm sort of You're making me think a bit more deeply about it and reflect on, actually, my initial experiences of the website and what I saw. I don't know, I just think, with all hallows, it was the ethos that stands out. When parents start looking at the websites, you quite quickly see that there's a list of activities that the children can get involved with. There's obviously information about what the curriculum looks like, a day in the life... But actually, what stood out for me on the Wall Hallows website was the testimonial from Dr Richards around his philosophy to education. And for me, I'm I'm an HR director, I work in the corporate setting, and for us, the holy grail is creating these environments where people can flourish and be their best selves. And never before have I seen that come to life in an educational setting as I did, well, as I experienced when reading dr richard's testimonial and biog around his personal philosophy for education so that for me was a massive yee you know there's something going on here that i want to know a bit more about this is very core to my my belief system and i want to find out more so for me that was the massive hook
0: so then when you did actually come in and visit the school, without you being an advert at all for the school, how did you feel when you stepped into the school grounds? And what was it about the school that appealed?
1: It was tricky because we were still in COVID. The school had just opened. We met Jackie Chulove, the registrar, who was really welcoming and and, and really informative um, And she took us on the tour of the school. So I think... At that point, nothing really stood out for me. It was bringing to life, obviously, what we'd seen on the website, opportunity to ask questions. We toured a number of the areas, so we went in the early school area. Then we went up to the creative design area, and Freddie was with us. Sorry, I forgot to mention, Freddie was with us, so it was my husband and Freddie. And Jackie and I were deep in conversation, asking questions. And all of a sudden, I'd sort of lost, not lost Freddie, but I thought, hang on a minute, it's been very quiet and uh, turned around and one of the art teachers had just taken him to the side and had engaged him in some activity. So the pair of them were to the side doing a a bit of art and they were showing him some of the arts and crafts that the kids had been doing and Freddie was utterly engrossed. So that left Richard and I free to have a conversation with the other art teacher uh, uh, and Jackie and for me something um sort of happened there it, it wasn't just the sort of quick everyone be on patrol parents are coming around it was like we became part of the school quite quickly and they just wanted to know about freddie and to engage freddie freddie responded really well in that moment um so that was a really positive signal and that was just on the introductory visit um so that that was a warm, nice feeling, and then we we met Dr. Richards in the library garden for a coffee, um, and I think I was quite curious because obviously I'd mentioned the philosophy and this, the educational philosophy of Dr. Richards, and you know I was really keen to understand whether this is just one man's version of what academia and an educational environment should be like, or or whether or not this is what his staff, his his team believe. So, you know, I, I was a little bit pokey, I think, asking a few questions and trying to understand how deep within the school this thinking goes. And I asked him the question and actually he didn't respond. It was Helen that responded and sort of just backed up everything I'd sort of heard and wanted to believe about the school in a really positive way. So, Again, that was a that was a really nice experience. So at that point, the visit was reaffirming. It was lovely to meet the the teachers and Jackie in person and to ask the re- really detailed questions. But then you still feel like, okay, yes, yeah, so I'm getting all this. Each of my touch points is making it sound good, but you never really know whether this is going to be the right choice. It's still that massive decision in your mind around whether this is the right thing for your child. So, you know, still a lot of thinking to go through when when we left at that point, but yeah, it was a the visit was a very very much needed positive experience.
0: And given the fact on that visit you would have I imagine generated your first impressions of the school, to what extent have your impressions of the school changed since then, if at all?
1: I don't think the impressions have changed. All they've done is I've just seen how it plays out and I can see how that philosophy sort of runs through in how each ch- each teacher goes about their, their nurturing of the children. And I'm just trying to put this into context to make sense because it sounds quite whimsical when I'm sort of talking <laughs> about this, but just to sort of explain what I mean. So Freddie came from a state school, 33 children in his class, very much a child that would probably... Continued to tick the boxes, but you know keep his head down and just get get through the day and I didn't ex- feel that he was particularly happy or recognizing any particular strengths. A reading was a he begrudgedly read um, didn't enjoy it, didn't want to do any homework, and I know there are any little, but you know I didn't see that element of enjoyment but Fred, Freddie started obviously in September. And he came home with a reading book, which I thought, hang on a minute, you know, this is what he was reading in year one. So I, I emailed his teacher and I said, I think you've got something wrong here. This reading book seems to be a little bit too um too junior for Freddie. Can you can you have a look at it, please? Hmm. And Mr Roberts replied really politely to say this might not be the experience that you've had elsewhere but we want to make sure that Freddie enjoys his reading and therefore I don't want to give him a book that he's going to struggle with I want to get him feeling confident and enjoying what he's reading and I sort of sat back and I was like hang on a minute I'm paying for this education and you're telling me what I need to know and it was a real moment for me because I thought no this is what I'm talking this is what I want for Freddie and this is it coming through in practice it's about ensuring that the child is enjoying what they're doing at the high level you know the happiness the well-being that's coming through and everything else will then look after itself so basically he was telling me to just go away be quiet let the process look after itself and that's exactly what I've, I've done and now He's excelled in his reading. You know, we're in sort of coming up to half term in year two of being there. He actively gets his reading book out. He wants to read to me. We're enjoying reading together. It's a pleasure. It's not a chore. And that's just a small example of how the philosophy and what All Hallow stands for is ringing true for Freddie and in our experiences.
0: So interesting to hear that and the trust that you clearly were placing in Freddie's teacher at that point. I'm thinking now that it must be quite easy to talk about this with hindsight, looking back, and telling me what happened at the time. But tell me a bit more about how that felt at the time. Sort of, if, if I say handing over, not handing over the reins, but you understand what I mean about you know handing over that, well, well, taking on the trust really that the teacher knew what they were doing.
1: I was a little bit angry that that initial time I got the the reply and I sort of doubted whether I made the right decision. I thought, hang on a minute here, what's what's going on? There's only 20 in his class. Surely Mr Roberts should know where every child is at and their reading level and should be pushing them on and come on. It, it really did make me think, and actually I, I rang my mum up. She's a teacher and... Obviously, she's the old oracle that I go to for all my worldly advice still. And she told me to sort of get back in my box a little bit and just ride it out, see what happens. And I did. And, you know, I followed up with Mr. Roberts a couple of weeks later and I said, "You, yeah, you were right. Thank you for that. And actually now I've noticed that my questioning of Freddie, it's not about what he's done, who's done what, the comparison that I might have drawn before. Sounds, makes me sound like an awful mother. But, you know, you want to know what's going on and what are other children up to. But now I'm asking him, like, what did you enjoy? Who are you playing with? You know, what what was your favourite thing today? What didn't you enjoy? And, and, and I feel like our conversations are a lot more sort of feelings and happiness led rather than just bang, bang achievements. And it's really shifted my perspective of what's important. And I'm, re- I'm really grateful for that.
0: I think it's great as well that you just mentioned about, you know, wanting to know how Freddie's getting on compared to other children, because I, I think, you know, coming as a parent myself, I think every parent thinks about this from time to time. But actually, as you as you indicate, it's all about how happy the child is. And then then the, the learning naturally comes through as a result of that child being happy. So so, yeah, it's, it's really good that you mentioned that. Tell us a little bit about the parent community at school how does that look and how did you find settling into that parent community as a mother
1: well freddie joined in year two so it's not a natural entry point for for children so there was already a well-established year group of children i think 17 and then there were three new children who joined this year so an already well-established group of friends parent community and things like that But prior to Freddie joining, Jackie gave our contact details to the um, the parent reps for the class. So each year group have parent reps and those parent reps are responsible for sort of coordinating the WhatsApp group welcoming any new parents, doing sort of coffee mornings or social evenings and just keeping everyone up to date with the busyness of school life. So we were contacted early on by our two parent reps Um, one of them fortunately lives in our village as well which was really handy but both Emily and Kate they were incredibly welcoming and Kate gave us the sort of download of what to expect ahead of us starting and that was just incredibly helpful. And what was lovely is, even on the first sort of drop-off pickups ups and the, the first week, everybody introduced themselves. You've got a smaller group of people. So... Um, the chances are you, you're bumping into people more often. You know, both Richard and I are full time working parents, so we have to alternate pickups and and drop offs and, and and do what we can. But there's always somebody there to talk to. People sort of are very keen to know who you are, what your name is, who your child is, how they're settling in, and that parent community and those reps have been been really really helpful there's it's interesting the parent base because I wasn't sure what to expect having coming from a state school to a, a sort of independent private school I was a little bit concerned that it will all be Porsche's and Bentley's in the car park and a bit whether we'd fit in <laughs> if that made sense <laughs> but it's such an inclusive place there's there I, I don't get a sense of of any privilege or anyone's better than any else everyone's got a a common purpose for being there and they see the extension of school it's not just the children in school but they are all completely keen in ensuring that the parents are connected for the good of the children and and that's very evident it's still early days for us and we're still sort of meeting people and getting to know the parents of the people that Freddie's bonding with particularly but so far it's been very positive
0: Tell me a little bit more then about what it was like moving Freddie from a state school into an independent school. And, and I guess the point that I'm making here is, well, I guess the real question is, what advice might you give to a parent who's currently got a child in state school and is thinking about moving to independent?
1: It's a massive decision. It's... You know, we racked our, our minds and brains about it for a very, very long time. You know, the financial commitment's huge. I don't have to say that. So we needed to make sure that, you know, we weren't just going into this for the short term, but that our long-term plans... Actually, Freddie's just come in. <laughs> <laughs> Go downstairs. <laughs> He's off school because obviously we're all self-isolating.
0: Hey, bring him in.
1: Freddie, do you want to come here? No, he's run off now. He knows what I'm doing and he's being cheeky. So for me, in hindsight, there is just no comparison. I think the transition, you obviously have to manage quite carefully. And I made sure that we involved Freddie in that whole decision-making process right from the start. So he understood what I was hoping for out of a new school. So the smaller class sizes and the value that I thought... He'd get from that and we'd had a discussion about how he felt found the classroom in the state school with the 33 students. We spoke about some of the extracurricular things that he would, he would enjoy, you know, the creative design centre and, and things like that. So I hopefully managed to get Freddie in a very positive mindset about the change. So in terms of the actual transition process, you know, involving him through it w- was key, But I'm just trying to think, advice for parents, I, looking back, I wouldn't change a thing if I made the right decision. If you, if you can commit financially, then I wouldn't hesitate and and make the change. So in terms of advice I would give, in our own situation, it was a no-brainer, really. I think if you compare, unfortunately, the proposition, the educational proposition From the state sector, compared to what you can get in the private independent sector, there is no comparison. From the extracurricular activities, the experience of learning, yeah, there's no decision to be made that the independent is, is the choice.
0: That's really that's really good to hear. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm really glad you mentioned about fees as well because, you know, if you talk about all of the good stuff without mentioning fees, then the fees just become a bit of an elephant in the room because, you know, clearly the fees are a commitment and sacrifices sometimes from family to family do need to be made. But but all in the interests of in this situation for Freddie and clearly it looks like you've, you, you've enjoyed the experience. Steph, we need to bring this episode to a close in a minute, but I just wanted to say thank you for giving up your time especially because you've got COVID right now, but just frankly, just giving up your time being at home and sharing with us what it's like going through that process and what it was like for you, for Richard and for Freddie. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Simon. It's been great to share our experiences of of joining All Hallows.
0: So that was Stephanie Fullerton talking about the process of joining All Hallows. Thank you, Stephanie, for joining us on this episode of the podcast. It was so good to hear all about that process of deciding and joining All Hallows.